0: Lift off. We
1: have a lift off. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast, here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge.
2: Heyo!
1: Hey-o.
2: Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy, and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEM. And you can find me, Kate,
1: at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
2: Before we get into our fantastic podcast today, go smash that five star review on Do it. I know you all ain't doing it. <laughs> Whatever app you're listening to, just go do it. Like she said. You make me so, so mad. You make me so <laughs> mad when you don't when you don't smash that five star review. But also if you're going on there to go put that four star, get out of there. Five star. Five star or one star only? <laughs> we're either terrible or the get best no in between get out of here i don't like this line
1: that you've drawn in the sand for people by the way i just no. want to say i am accepting of your four star reviews
2: you know you got like those two three and four stars there's like your Derek cars of the world they're never gonna get you anywhere you know they're not terrible they're not great they're never gonna get you anywhere like oh I- my
0: god i do not want to be the derrick yeah podcast. exactly
2: exactly <laughs> Anyway, so that probably just earned us some one stars for, you know, from whatever Raiders fans are listening. But we have a fun podcast. Oh, pod- they
0: stopped listening a long time ago.
2: We have a fun podcast today. We're going to do some Dynasty Buys. We have Dynasty Buy Highs, Cha-ching. Dynasty Buy Lows, Cha-ching. and Dynasty buys. My Guys. Fun stuff. Now, if you don't play Dynasty, which is an all around long, you know, you play all year long. Forever. Forever. Keeps going year to year to year. It's like a... It's like a really big keeper league. So you might have 30 players and, you you know, you just keep them and you have to trade them. You keep them all until you trade them or cut them. You draft your rookies. It's a, it's a fun time. But if you don't play Dynasty, this is still a good podcast to listen to because, you know, we're going to be talking about how we think they're going to perform next year, right? So it's still about guys that you might want to keep an eye on or, you know, think about drafting in your 2022 drafts. But before we get to into that, let's get into news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news.
1: Breaking news.
2: All right, first off, we got the league changed the overtime rules. Yay! Both teams will now have at least one offensive possession in postseason games in overtime. So it's not all regular season games we're getting there slowly but jake what are your thoughts on this because people are like you know really upset or really happy they like have a strong stance which is do you have a strong stance
1: no it's weird that people have that strong of a stance to this i think it's fine uh i wish that they would have just gone all in if i'm being honest that's the only thing it's like why not just do it for the regular season two all right what's this dividing line about I, i don't like that but aside from That portion of it, yeah, it's great. Okay, everybody at least gets one chance. And eh, that's as much as you can do to placate the masses, I think.
2: Yeah, and, you know, in the next year or so, it's probably going to be regular season games as well. When they, They just changed the overtime rule not too long ago where it was, you know, it used to just be if you kicked a field goal, The team won, right? Like, if you won the coin toss and kicked a field goal, you just won, which is absolutely insane that was the rule because all you have to do is get to, like, the 40-yard line at this point with kickers nowadays. Um, But then they made it where, you know, you had to score a touchdown for their team not to get the ball. But they started with just overtime as well when that rule changed, and then it went to regular season and overtime. So I expect this rule to do the same thing. I wish they would have just done it to begin with. The people who are upset about it, it's like – in any other sport like everyone's like just play defense it's like well in any other sport in overtime both teams get a chance at offense right in baseball it's not like whoever's up in that inning that's it if i score you know you're done like the other team gets a chance right in basketball, you have a whole period. Can you imagine? It was just like tip-off, or actually not even tip-off, not even anything to do with your bodies. Coin toss, um, whoever wins, you get the ball, and if you score this basket, you win. Play defense. Sucks to be you. Like it's. Every... I kind
1: of love that idea. <laughs> I think the NBA should adapt that yeah. now.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's so silly. Every other sport, you get to play offense and defense, and you can say, well, play defense better. It's like, OK, cool, but like, w- there was no reason for football to be the only sport where you didn't have both sides. Now they do. Now it's more fair for at least the postseason games. So I like it. Kate. I love it.
0: I uh, don't, don't have anything negative to say. Like, I mean, I think this just comes down to it being more competitive because obviously football is a sport that like you're not going to make it super far if you only have one side. Like if you're only an offensive powerhouse, you're probably not going to make it all the way down the stretch. If you're just a defensive team – you might make it a little further in the postseason but maybe not to the super bowl you need a balance but i think that like this overtime rule kind of complements the balance that you
2: need in football like yeah, and you still have to play defense you still got to stop them sooner or later so it's fine uh next up lions will be featured on hard knocks mm-hmm. poor jared goff this will be his third time on hard knocks <laughs> Third time. Oh my god, that is that true? That has to be a record. Yes, that's true. Wow. The Rams were on it there with um uh Fisher. What's his first name? Jeff. Jeff. Jeff Fisher. Of course he's Jeff. And then they had it where they had the Chargers and the Rams at the same time um a couple years ago.
1: Oh, Jared man. Goff is still Jared there. Jared Goff is the hardest and knockiest of the <laughs> bunch.
2: <laughs> He's living that hard knock life. And the poor guy. I mean, especially if like, they end up drafting a rookie, and then it has to be that whole story. Like We'll see what happens there. They On did, a
0: separate note, uh, Jared just, Goff has announced his backup career as uh, the, the Broadway musical <laughs> star of Annie.
2: Because it's a hard knock life. <laughs> nice. Jake's giving you a fake laugh, so thank him for that. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> the, Dan Campbell did just come out to say that, you know, Jared Goff is their starting quarterback, and they feel good about that. We'll see if that holds throughout the draft. But I don't think there's anyone in this draft class that's better than Jared Goff, so I don't really get why. Especially spending a number two, number two overall pick on him. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But hopefully that means he's just feeding Amon Ross St. Brown still. Uh, Colts head coach, Frank Reich said that Naheem Hines will have a bigger role in the team's offense with Matt Ryan at quarterback. And he said he expects him to be used the way that he was used during the Phillip Rivers year in 2020. And in that year, he was third in targets among running backs only behind Alvin Kamara and JD McKissick. So what are your thoughts on Naheem Hines? Does this make him a a must draft double digit guy in redraft leagues?
1: Must-draft is kind of a (laughs) strong phrasing for uh, Naheem Hines because, you know, it's it's purely the targets, which is fine. There's been plenty of successful running backs who have relied solely on targets throughout their careers and done a very good job of it. Um, But I don't think we should be interpreting this as like oh, no, the sky is falling on Jonathan Taylor. This just means that instead of 57 targets like he got this year, he'll get 76 like he did the year before. You know, that's that's really the range that we're talking about here. So uh, I'm not calling him a must-draft guy, but sure, have at him.
2: He's kind of interesting because they don't have a lot of wide receivers on that team, right? Like it's Michael Pittman. They did lose Zach Pascal in a free agency. They still haven't brought back T.Y. Hilton, and I don't really know if they're going to. Maybe they draft a guy, but Naeem Hines could be utilized as a wide receiver and, and see a lot of those targets. So I do think he's a good PPR buy right now. So Naeem
0: Hines, in that season with Philip Rivers, 2020 averaged 12 PPR points per game, had four performances as a top 12 running back. So... With that in perspective, like in uh, let's say purely redraft, if you came into the season knowing you were going to get four top 12 performances from him, where would you draft him?
1: Ooh. Uh, I would say round 12, 13 still. Like, I, I wait, you like, you know, for certain you're getting four. You don't 12, know when the weeks are. You don't know. But when what do the wrong. other weeks look like? What do these other weeks look like? For, are it, they like.
2: It was top rough 40. to start the season. So like it was rough to start before the their season. bye, he didn't do much of anything. After their bye, he had, you know, 3 top 12 weeks and then he had a 12 point week, a 12 point week, a 7, 11, another 13 point week. So, they were they're pretty fine. I mean, 7 weeks with 10 or fewer fantasy points. But I mean, most it of them hurt. But most of them coming in the beginning of the season. So, we don't know like they utilized him differently in the second half. But, no, I don't expect Heinz to be great, right? He's not a guy that you can plug in every week, but I do think he's that nice uh, running back to have on your bench for when, you know, you start to have those injuries pile up on you. You have the bye weeks. Like, I, I think he's going to be one of my favorite running back sleepers as long as, you know, these headlines don't keep popping up and pushing him up the boards too much. But if I, you know, if I could grab him in Dynasty right now in the cheap end, I would be happy to. But after this report, you know, maybe not the best time. Maybe wait a month and let people forget about it, right? If they are paying attention. Ronald Jones signed with the Chiefs. (laughs) Don't care. I I was going to ask, do we care? Jake, do we care? No.
1: If, like myself, you have a share or two of Ronald Jones out there, this is the best situation you could have hoped for in terms of retaining either true value for your team or perceived value where you can trade him away to somebody else in your league, I'm leaning more towards the latter. Or that's the thing you should be doing if people are really interested in him right now is, okay, here's your time. You can get at least a second round pick, hopefully, fingers crossed, for him in your league, and I would be doing that.
2: Yeah, I just, I can't imagine Ronald Jones being on that field as a good weapon Because just thinking about the running backs they've had, even Jarek McKinnon, who is doing well at the end of the year, like he's good at receiving. And I can't imagine having someone out there who's not a good pass blocker at all in Ronald Jones. So you're going to risk Patrick Mahomes, a, And then he can't catch a ball. Like, I've never seen a running back with such stone-cold hands. It's Really, it's not even just one of those guys that just are not utilized in the passing game. It's like, this guy cannot be utilized in the passing game. He falls to his knees to make sure he doesn't drop it or fumble it. It's that bad. And if, you know, if Tom Brady's not going to trust you as a receiving back, and that's his favorite thing in the world, just to find a receiving back, I don't think, you know, any other quarterback is going to. No, I do think he's a good runner. I just don't know how much he's going to be on the field. Maybe, maybe he can steal a bunch of touchdowns. I think that's his only route to fantasy success: is being the goal line back and scoring touchdowns. But if I could, you know, if people are buying, if we considered.
1: Have we considered the fact that he can only catch, like, shuffle passes or underhand (laughs) passes? Because, I mean, that's Pat Mahomes' jam. And in which case, it's, like, 80 targets incoming for Ronald Jones. But Ronald Jones' most targets in the season was 40. This was, like, three seasons ago. And I don't know. Maybe he can get that. And then, neat. (laughs) But I'm still not thrilled.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just—I remember when Tom Brady was trying to make him a thing. Like, because he was a good rusher. And he was trying to, you know— get him the ball in the receiving game. It was just – it was really bad. 66. <laughs> that was,
0: like, the saddest <laughs> – it was really Guys, bad. Guys, it was a
2: 66 catch percentage for It was him. really bad. <laughs> like, that is almost impossible as a running back. That's impossibly oh. low. 5.9 yards per reception. And I'm sure he fumbled on, like, five of those catches, to be honest. uh, So, yeah. I, I just... feel like
0: every time he caught the ball, he was so surprised that he just – Forgot to if secure this
2: it. If this allows Woo! me to be able to get Clyde Edwards a super cheap, like, if he starts falling in the sixth, seventh round, I don't want him in Dynasty still. Like, I just don't think his is going to last long, and his is just kind of in the crapper. I don't see it coming out. But in redraft leagues, if he starts falling too far because people are hyped about Ronald Jones, I'm willing really to take a shot on him. He could still be the guy there. I think he's the most talented all-around running back still there. so
0: I just think it's such a fascinating signing. Like... To go from Daryl Williams and this dynamic receiving back to Ronald Jones, like we couldn't have found any stopgap that was like. This what makes me I think C H is going to get the Daryl
2: Williams snaps at least, and those Daryl Williams snaps were were fine. Like he was getting the receiving work
0: in receiving yards. Yeah, among running backs last year, that was absolutely incredible. I Literally literally
2: tied DeAndre Swift
0: with the number of receiving yards and number of receiving touchdowns.
2: Yum. I think this signing is probably the best for CH when it comes to his receiving work, and that's really what we care about with fantasy. So uh, it will be interesting to see what happens there. And then last up with news and notes, uh, it's not really that newsworthy, but Giants new head coach Brian Dable, who was the OC for the Bills, and he made Josh Allen this great thing, and Stephon Diggs great, and all that good stuff. He said he's gone back and watched a lot of the pre-2021 film on Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney to figure out how to best utilize the receivers. This is only ner- newsworthy because, um, what's his name, Garrett? Why can I never remember first names? Jason? Jason. Jason Garrett. Jason. Jason Garrett was the OC for the Giants, and he's just absolutely terrible at being creative whatsoever knowing how to utilize his guys. So I'm just happy that Brian Dable's actually taking this into consideration going to put them in good spots this makes me very happy for Kateri's Tony I still don't think Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones are a good match but it's Time we'll I'm
1: just not excited about any of this it's so hard to get excited about the Giants in any capacity <laughs> no matter what they do
2: let uh, that's how Brian Dale can do his magic all right let's get into our dynasty buys we're gonna start with you Jake Let's go with your dynasty by high, your very best one.
1: My best of the best. This is somebody where I don't care what the other person wants. I'm open to giving it for Kyle Pitts. Okay. Rookie tight end this year. He's going number eight overall, according to recent dynasty startup data. And I ain't scared of that.
2: You're going to give your firstborn child?
1: I'm fine with it. I'll okay. have one just to give it. I don't even want it, so I'll give it away anyways. Uh I your I wife am.
0: after this podcast way.
1: <laughs> she might be open to it if does it if it wins me pager? enough money. I, I don't, don't know. know.
0: Uh, if she does, I'm I'll, gonna page her.
1: If it involve if I can get Kyle Pitts because of it, I will buy her a pager just so we can get Excellent. this transaction done. Uh, I'm so tired of having to try and pick out sleeper tight ends every single year. And it gets so frustrating. One, I just have to acknowledge, I'm bad at it. I am bad at choosing sleeper tight ends, so that's nope never going to be my injury. path forward. No, nope. and that's and that's that's fine then, because if you can get a guy like Kyle Pitts, you can avoid all that. So all of us who go through this pain every year, it's like just pay up for the guy that is basically being treated as a wide receiver who had the second, excuse me, was the second ever rookie tight end to put up 1,000 yards in a year, along with Aditka. Uh, He did it basically in 16 games, by the way. He injured his hamstring in week 16, was really just a decoy in week 17. So it's not even like, oh, he just did it because it was a 17-game season. He had the highest average depth of target amongst all tight ends. Uh, It was 10.8 compared to Mr. Mark Andrews, who everybody loves, at 10.3. He had the third most yards amongst tight ends. Again, this is all as a rookie. And I know the thing is, it's the Falcons. Are we really trusting a tight end on the Falcons? But they were the Falcons last year. And he still ended up doing this. And this team is not done. I know it's a new quarterback coming in. I know there's going to be a lot of different shifting of the offensive pieces around Kyle Pitts, except for Cordero uh, Patterson, who's going to be there basically until the day he dies, I think. So Kyle Pitts, if he can do all that as a rookie, I have so much confidence that he can turn into the next Travis Kelsey. And dare I say, maybe even better. And that is very much worth the pay up.
2: Spicy. It all comes down to when they can figure out their quarterback position.
0: Like, But just assuming Marcus Mariota is the guy for the next two seasons, which I don't think he is. I think it's only for one, but it comes down to do, finding no, do the too, right but, rookie. But, like, if Marcus Mariota would be under center for the next two years, does that change your feeling
2: about Kyle Pitts? No, because what's cool about Marcus Mariota, if he's actually – It is cool, whatever it is. If he's under center, if he's under center this whole entire year and he starts, they should really likely to have the number one pick. I mean, they have no weapons and their defense sucks. And then they're going to get a Bryce Love or a C.J. Stroud, and then Kyle Pitts is going to be through the roof. So I that think is pretty groovy. Even even if you have to deal with this year, who, by the way, we already brought up last week, Delaney Walker did just fine with Marcus Mariota. Oh, all
0: tight end, baby.
2: Oh, all tight end, according to Kate. Um, he'll be fine. No, I like that. I mean, I don't know what you have to sell to get him. It's absurd these days, first but born child, pretty much, pretty much. Mine isn't as crazy. Uh, you can, you can go trade for him. It's Debo Samuel. Most recent startup ADP is wide receiver nine. That's too low. He, he only just turned 26 years old. He's so very much in the beginning of his career, wide receiver three in 2021. It's like the first year he actually played a full season. And all of a sudden he just absolutely blew up. I mean, He was fantastic as a receiver. He was fantastic as a running back. He never had under 10 fantasy points in PPR league in any game this season. Just incredibly consistent, 15 plus points in 13 of his 16 games played. And he also still had those massive boom games. This is what we want. It's not just like he's just safe and that's all you're getting. He also had five games with 28 plus points. So you're getting the massive games and then you're also getting like high security, you know, whether if they're not using him in the, as a receiver that game they're using him as a runner like he's he's the focal point of that offense which is weird for a wide receiver to be but he's just a dominant weapon and watching him like what he creates after the balls in his hands is truly special and I don't see that going away anytime soon like Trey Lance becoming the quarterback doesn't scare me I think that's going to open up a a lot of space in the offense even more if that's possible Uh, open up more space as a runner and as a receiver he only scored six receiving touchdowns so you might say well there's no way he's going to score eight rushing touchdowns which no he's not but he only scored six rushing touchdowns like that can increase a lot and he still should get those rushing numbers do i expect him to be the wide receiver three next year no maybe not but he i don't think he falls all the way to wide receiver nine either like he just is that super safe guy i'm gonna go grab him have an elite young wide receiver that's not being considered one of these top guys right now for whatever reason but it's still by high because you can't go buy him cheap like you're gonna have to pay up for him but i think he's worth it
1: i love it i love it i want it and he's a top five for the next five years
0: yeah i agree you guys had this conversation preseason Michelle Shut and up. you were on the opposite side. Shut up! Side. Shut up!
2: We don't need. Yeah, even it know. went down a little
1: different, but yeah. the result finally came around.
0: You know what? <laughs> How the turntables <laughs> have
2: turned. Um, all right, Kate. Who's your buy high? It looks all like right. you're being a little biased here.
0: I am being a little biased, but I will say, like, my inspiration for this pick was actually based on the Twitter sphere. I feel like I've seen some really interesting uh, commentary on this player. And it's Najee Harris running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it seems like, despite the fact that he finishes the RB4 in his rookie season, we've seen like a lot of variable, uh, like a lot of variety, I guess, in the way that he's being assessed was not super efficient in his rookie season. And I think we saw a lot of, uh, like, some of the downfalls of having a rookie wasn't necessarily... Uh, always deci- like decisive, I guess, is probably the best way to phrase that. Kind of danced behind the line sometimes. Like He looked like a rookie at times, but still, uh, RB4 in his rookie season behind PFF's 26th rated o- best offensive line. That's not great. The 29th best offense per PFF. He scored 10 touchdowns, and I think like that just shows you just how safe his floor is because this was such a bad offense, ranked fourth in rushing yards, fourth in misforced tackles, only had fewer than 15 PPR points in four total games as a rookie. That's incredible. Incredible. Yum. I just, like, yum, I, yum, I don't yum. know what more you could ask for him. He ranked fifth in receiving yards among running backs, led the league in pass-blocking snaps. Like, this dude just didn't leave the field, Ever ever he was on the field it felt like as often as ben roethlisberger the offense can only go up from here good god
2: i hope uh, i mean so the offense with big ben was incredibly talented that- like the defenses knew what they're doing because you couldn't get creative with him. Like I said, I already brought this up before play. They ran play action at the lowest rate in the league by far. I mean, they just never did it. You had no holes to work in and they were in shotgun so much. So anytime they went under center teams knew immediately that they were running. I mean, they ran almost every single time they were under center. They weren't trying to hide it. He had zero. It's not even just the line was bad. It's just defense is when they're running. I mean, and they opened up, they did no trickery, right? They weren't doing anything to disguise anything. It was bad, bad. Uh, so it can't get worse, and he was still the running back four in fantasy points with Mitch, I think, with his mobility. It should open up some things. They should do play action. They upgraded the line um, at a couple spots. Hopefully they use the draft to upgrade it more. Uh, yeah. He can't get worse. He's being rated My as only.
0: the RB2 in the most recent Dynasty startup ADP. I think you can trade for him for... Like, I think you can get him for cheaper because I'm looking at...
2: I know right now if you send Javante Williams for Najee Harris, people want Javante Williams more.
0: Oh, absolutely. And looking at some of the recent trades that have gone down on like My Fantasy League, it doesn't feel like like maybe the startup value is high, but it does feel like the trade value is a little bit lower, and you can get him at a little bit of a discount. I I just think there's no safer floor while also achieving the same kind of upside that Harris has.
1: Do you think he can get 75-plus targets again with Mitch Trubisky? He was one of four running backs to do it this year. You think that's a go going forward?
2: I think so.
0: We saw Tariq Cohen be incredibly successful and not even just Cohen once
2: because people are like well he was used more in the slot that's fine but then once Cohen went down with injury David Montgomery got a bunch of targets from Mr. Trubisky. uh so I I think he's gonna get a lot and right now the Steelers have it's Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool those are their two wide receivers on the roster which I think Anthony Miller is their third wide receiver like that's it woof yeah that's With it the departure so, of ray
0: ray mcleod baby
2: there is no uh <laughs> harris lined up out wide or in the slot the third most out of any running back last year i, I would expect him to do the same thing right okay cool. i like that let's move on to our dynasty buy lows now people were buying on the cheap jake who's your first or who's your top guy
1: I was actually shocked at just how low this guy can be gotten for right now. Michael Carter running back for the New York Jets going as RB28 in startups? It doesn't even feel real to me. Uh, I would have him ranked significantly higher. So he he put up in his limited action this year. He put up nearly 200 touches and almost 1,000 scrimmage yards. Did that in 14 games and this was in a bad situation. I think we can say that about basically every jet this last year. It was a bad situation, felt like a floor situation for the majority of those skilled players, including Carter. So, in the games where he actually played just a minimum of 40% of snaps, and that is your standard for running backs, basically. Can you at least get 40%? And in those games, of which there were 11, he was on pace during a 17-game stretch, for 800 rushing yards, 79 targets, and 460 receiving yards. Some of those targets, I got to say, it was a little skewed. There was one game where he just went target, 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 and like nobody else got even a chance. But even with that considered, the fact that the Jets went out, re-signed Tevin Coleman, who is really his only competition this past year, that to me decreases the scenario where they invest super heavily in the draft at running back. Doesn't mean that they can't bring on a guy who's gonna be a you know first second down back but it decreases the fact that they would bring in like a substantial piece maybe but after week one when it was Coleman uh, who kind of ran the show in week one and that looked bad he never again outsnapped Michael Carter he never again had more rushing attempts than Michael Carter when they were both playing together and even if they bring in again a bruiser, First and second down guy, the target share for Michael Carter is so safe that what you're asked to trade for him right now is bonkers. I mean, we talked about Najee Harris and how he can have utility as basically exclusively a pass catcher in that backfield. Could be looking at a similar thing with Michael Carter, except we know there's a really good chance that he could have ample rushing opportunities. On top of that, I know he's a small guy, so everybody's worried about if he can handle the NFL pummeling year over year. But I'm certainly willing to take that risk at such a low investment.
2: So hear me out here with Michael Carter, because I think we're on opposite sides. I did just trade for mm-hmm. Michael Carter. I think he has some flex appeal. Like, I, I traded for him on the cheap. Like, like you said right now, if you're wondering about a uh, offer, I offered Michael Gallup and James Washington. Actually, I just offered Michael Gallup, and then he— Rebutted back with James Washington, too, and I'm like, sure, you can have the two of them. Um, <laughs> and I got Michael Carter. So this is where he's going right now um, in that trade. Uh, but you brought up target share, but I mean, the, the, his targets with other quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson, those were high, right? And every game with Zach Wilson, he never had more than three targets. And his... I mean, look at these receiving games with other quarterbacks. It was 67, 95, 37, 43 receiving yards. Then Zach Wilson comes back, two receiving yards, two receiving yards, six receiving yards, nine receiving yards, zero receiving yards. It died. I just – Zach Wilson is kind of that guy who likes to go deep. He doesn't like – he doesn't give up on plays and throw – like he should. He should start learning that to dump it off. Maybe he will. But that was also without any wide receivers on the field, really. And he still got no yards. And then they're, they're looking right now for other wide receivers to bring in. They try to get Tyreek. I think they definitely draft a guy early if they don't get a guy like DK Metcalf somehow in a trade. And then you have Elijah Mitchell. You still have Corey Davis. Where are these targets coming from?
1: I'm still not that worried because we have to apply the same lens to every skill position player on that team when it comes to Zach Wilson, the Zach Wilson predicament. Well, what happens with Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore, of course, still had a good game or two with Zach Wilson, but it was not nearly the same consistency that he had with other quarterbacks who stepped in. You have to be willing to believe that Zach Wilson learned a thing or two and will continue to evolve over this offseason, which I'm I'm taking that bet. I'm taking the bet that finally they hammer it into him You don't have to be the showboat only downfield guy. It didn't work for you then. Look at what these other guys did who just stepped in and just maintained the offense. That's all they need. And that's what I'm banking on.
2: Yeah, I do think he's a good player. I liked him coming out of the draft. Just a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about him. But he, right, if I can get him, like, this is what I'm saying. I'm worried about him, but I could still trade him for just Michael Gallup. And I had like a stacked wide receiver core. Like, yeah, I'm going to risk it then, right? So if you can go buy him for cheap, I'm fine with risking it there.
0: Well, and I think the question marks about like, will the Jets take a running back? Like, if you're looking to buy Michael Carter, this is the time to buy. If you truly believe they're not going to like invest significantly in the running back they have plenty of draft capital to do that i think the right sort of spot where they would need to draft a running back um if you're of the belief that they're not going to do that this is the time because if they if they roll through the draft and they don't pick up a running back or invest significantly i do think his price is going to go up pretty quickly
2: yeah I agree. All right. I'm going to talk about my favorite buy low right now. It's Marquise Hollywood Brown. His Current startup ADP is wide receiver 30 guys. That's way too low for a dynamic wide receiver. This guy just gets hated on a ton it took him a second to break out. And I guess maybe that's why, but we have to remember at the end of the 2020 season, he did have a breakout and last off season, I was thinking about making him like this, my guy type guy that I thought could be as a top 15 wide receiver. I, you know, I babied, I chickened out. He ended up having a great season, but So at the end of the 2020 season, those last six weeks, he averaged 15 points per game. That was kind of his breakout. And then he built on that in 2021. He was a wide receiver 17 in 2021. And Lamar Jackson didn't play in five of those, those last five games of the season from weeks one through 13, when he was playing with Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown was the wide receiver 11 in fantasy points per game, averaging nearly 17 points per game. Like that's. That's a nice number for him. In those 11 games with Lamar, he was on a 17-game pace for 100 receptions, 1,275 receiving yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. When you're just looking at the last two seasons combined, Marquis Brown has a 25% target share for his team, for the Ravens, and only Devontae Adams, Devon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and DK Metcalf, and DJ Moore have a higher team percentage of target share. Marquise Brown is the wide receiver one on this team. It's him and it's Mark Andrews. Now the 25% target share on the Ravens isn't as good as 25% target share on let's say the bills less. Yes, of course, because they don't pass as much and the quarterback, you know, can overthrow you sometimes. I'm just kidding. I love Lamar. It's fine. Uh, But I, I still think he's, he's too talented to be gone as a wide receiver 30. He's, He's too young. He can have those boom games. He's kind of like a Tyler Lockett in that way that he's going to disappear some games, but that's all wide receivers. It seems like nowadays. And uh, I'm buying into going to trade for him. I personally right now would much rather have Hollywood Brown than Tyler Lockett. Like I would go send that trade out. I would rather have him than a Darnell Mooney. I'd rather have him than a Brandon cooks. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone maybe even higher here. Um, I don't know. I
1: failed. How about like a Brandon Ayuk? Would you rather have him over a Brandon Ayuk?
2: I almost put Brandon Ayuk in this segment because I think he's gonna be better with Trey Lance. I think they have that connection, so that one would be iffy. But I think I would still rather Hollywood Brown. Um, but yeah, I think that that's one like a close. good range. Let's yeah,
0: that's a good range for him. I think. Uh, yeah.
1: As someone who believes in Rashad Bateman a whole lot, I don't know how to take all of this information. I'm still trying to process, really, and compare it to my fandom level for Rashad Bateman. So I, I don't know if I can give a, an unbiased opinion on all this.
2: I just think the dude, all he's done like If you believe in Lamar Jackson
0: as a passer, then you should believe there's enough room to go around with both of these guys, I think. Yeah. There's upside for both.
2: I don't think so. I'm more on the Hollywood Brown side <laughs> than Rashad Bateman. But, you know, either one is cheap, right? You can go get either wide receiver right now for way less than probably what they should be going for. So pick one that you believe in and go get them. Kate, who's your buy low? All right. My buy low,
0: uh, I, I think that, like, this is sort of a subjective low because I think this guy's ceiling is higher, but not necessarily uh, – like, he's being disrespected. I just think he's worth more than he is. And I'm going with Tony Pollard, who I think is going to have a lot of opportunity in the season to come. Uh, most recent Dynasty startup ADP, he was being drafted as the running back 33. He was the running back 28 in 2021 20, uh, as a backup running back to Ezekiel Elliott. was super efficient last year. I think really made his case for why he deserves a bigger workload and especially as a receiver. Ranked uh, second in yards per rushing attempt, only behind
1: Rashad Penny
0: uh, with 5.5 yards per rushing attempt. Ranked 26th among running backs in rushing yards as a backup running back. Uh, Ranked fourth among running backs in yards after contact per attempt. Now you've got the, demar- the departure of Amari Cooper. You've got Michael Gallup, who was obviously signed, but uh, you know he's shaky to start the season. We don't know how his ACL rehab is going to go. Uh, you have the departure of Cedric Wilson. Like There's so much opportunity for this guy in this offense, and then you're taking him back sort of to his seasons at Memphis. He played three seasons with the team. He contributed lots on special teams, but... He contributed a lot as a slot-wide receiver and and played plenty of snaps there. I think we could see him maybe get, like, some work literally just running routes. Um, Among running backs ranked top five in yards per route run, he just made the case for a higher higher workload. I think running back 33 is a bit low for a guy as dynamic as Tony Pollard.
2: You do love you some Tony Pollard. Tony! Tony! What are your thoughts on Tony Pollard?
1: I have a question about Tony Pollard for Kate. Do you think that this is the year where we could see a closeness in the production of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? People have been calling for this to happen basically since Pollard signed with the Cowboys. Do we think that they're on both a downward trajectory for Zeke and an upward trajectory trajectory for Tony Pollard enough where they can come close?
0: I think, I mean, I think they're, going to continue to close the gap. I think, uh, obviously, like Zeke, they are paying him to be a volume guy. But I think that the thing about Tony Pollard is that you don't need to necessarily give him the volume to put up, not necessarily Zeke production, but at least close that gap a little bit. He's just a much more efficient player in terms of both his rushing and receiving ability. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, just with the money they have invested, I have to envision that they're going to continue to give him the bulk of the touches. I don't think the gap there is going to close quite as significantly as we'd like. But I mean in terms of efficiency, I think maybe yardage production could end up a little bit closer than we expected this year.
2: Yeah, we've seen I Elliot, like it. We've seen Elliott's uh rush attempts go down every season since 2019. 2019, 301 carries, 2020, 244, and then in 2021, only 237, and he played two more games than he did in 2020, and he still had less. So he looked rough there towards the end. Like, he just was looking like he was getting old. But also, like, to the, the like,
0: narrative, too, that we're kind of discussing with Zeke, I I mean, we've seen him sustain a very heavy workload, and I think for – the workload that he's seen so far in his career, he's been really healthy. And this is really 2021 was the first season that I think we really saw maybe that workload start to take a toll on his health. And maybe that's going to be the signal that, yes, we do need to get Tony Pollard a bit more involved. And again, the opportunity should be there as a receiver. You've got to earn the targets, but I think he's done that.
2: Cool, cool. Let's move on to our dynasty buys, my guys. My guys. Oh yikes. Mine. Jake. Oh. Uh, interesting that you are going to name this guy because I feel like it's Kate and I's guy. But uh, go ahead. You can you can talk my about him. Guy.
1: Yeah, I think I I was surprised that he wasn't already listed. You know, I got to this show sheet last, and I was like, this guy's name isn't on here at all. Do I not know my co-host, but at all? I feel
2: like we've because already T- talked the world into loving him. <laughs> the whole world loves him at this point. We got it. Well, you've but talked check, check me mark. into
1: him too, <laughs> this is Mr. T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals. I've always had a love affair with the, the underdog receiver on their own team. I've you had, know, not hate the star your wife about guy,
0: that too. By the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You stop paging her about everything. She's a busy lady. She doesn't have time to respond to all these pages. Uh, But T. Higgins is one of those guys, of course, the star of the show is Jamar Chase. And that's reflected in his value right now. What you would have to trade for Jamar Chase is a lot more than you would have to trade for T. Higgins. T. Higgins, wide receiver 11, according to startup data right now, still valued highly, but not as high as, you know, the ultimate Jamar Chase. And I'm fine with this because he's basically the Brandon Ayuk to Jamar Chase's Debo Samuel. That's kind of how this is going, except we don't have to worry about quarterback changeover. We don't have to worry about a coaching doghouse ho- dog that he may or may not be in, like Brandon Ayuk is. So I don't care about his price because I know it's always going to be less than Jamar Chase by quite a bit. Yep. But T. Higgins took over about midway through last season. There was this turning point. It was like week eight against the Jets, and you could just see that he was finally taking back the production that Chase appeared to have stolen from him forever because from that point on, their targets were very close. Their receptions were very close with Higgins getting the edge per game, and he averaged about 20 extra yards per game over Chase. He also had four games of 100-plus receiving yards during that stretch, another one that just missed the cut. With 97 measly yards. (laughs) It's so crazy because the narrative was formed really early on in the year that Jamar Chase is the stud. T Higgins is kind of this secondary afterthought. And the stats don't back that up. And how he looked to end the season just doesn't back that up. So... Back that thing up into T. Higgins' uh, draft value. Go trade for him right now. I'm gonna do it. All the cool kids are. Uh, you'll be very enthralled.
2: Good luck. It's hard. Um, T. You know, people who have T. Higgins, they love him. But this is one of those. It's okay to pay up for a guy, right? It means that they're good. Like people. Anytime you say go buy a guy, people are like, it's too expensive. It's like, yeah, obviously, they're a good player. Like. It's okay to offer a fair trade in dynasty, and people just always want to win trades. Like go offer a fair trade. Maybe that is, you know, giving up a Stefan Diggs. Plus, you might even have to give more on Stefan Diggs. I don't know, because Stefan Diggs is much older. But like go offer uh, someone that you think is of equal value, or maybe at another position. Maybe you're you have more running backs right? And you want a wide receiver go offer a running back that you think has equal value to T Higgins and, and see if that works, but make it a fair offer. We're not saying that this guy's cheap. All right. Um, and it's kind of with my guy too, except he will be cheaper than T Higgins. I believe in most people's minds after what people think was a disappointing rookie season, which that's just wild to me. But Devante Smith is most recent startup ADP is wide receiver 20. I think that's too low. Um, but if people for some reason think he had a bad rookie season, and I think it is because Jamar Chase went off, which is fair, but most rookie wide receivers don't perform like Jamar Chase, right? He put up 916 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and 104 targets. He averaged over 14 yards per reception and saw 22% of the Eagles team targets. Now, there's only been four wide receivers before this past season that as a rookie, had 14-plus yards per reception and saw over 22% of their team's targets. It was A.J. Green in 2011, Mike Evans in 2014, Justin Jefferson in 2020, and Sammy Watkins in 2014, we kind of skipped over him for a second because I know Sammy Watkins is gross. And now you have Jamar Chase and Devonte Smith. Those are the two that did it this year. So now there's six guys since 2011 that hit those metrics as a rookie. Like what he did was super impressive. And now let's not forget that Sammy Watkins actually put up a thousand yards and nine touchdowns in his second season. Like he was looking like he was going to be a star. Injuries obviously derailed him and then just had a terrible career. But this is a really nice group of guys. I think – Jalen hurts. I know people don't want to believe in him, but he gets better every single time he gets out on that field. Like you can truly see him getting better. He's still, that was his first year starting Like for a single year. Like you got to think of that as his rookie season. We expect him to get better. He's working on his form this off season. The team has put in their full trust on him. I think this offense is going to be much better. And then that's also kind of goes with go buy Jalen hurts quarterback 12 ADP right now in dynasty leagues. Are you kidding me? He was a quarterback six last year. He scored the same amount of points per game as Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. He scored more points per game than Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow uh, as a rookie. Like, I know he wasn't a rookie, but it was his first year starting. Absurd. Like, absurd. Get out of here. I don't even care if they draft. (laughs) Let's say they, for some reason, draft a rookie after both the GM and the coaches have said, like, Jalen Hurts is our guy. There is no rookie in this class that will beat out Jalen Hurts in a competition. I don't believe so. There's no one in this class that's better than him, at least this year. I think
1: that's the ding on him, like, perception-wise, is, well, what if he doesn't start after this year? I'm doing the voice that my wife does when I say something stupid. That's how you people sound when you talk about, like, he might not be the starting quarterback after this year. (laughs) I think that's the issue with Hurts, and maybe to some extent, then, the issue with Smith, although it seems like it should be inverse. Like, people don't like that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback because he doesn't throw enough or whatever, or he's bad at it. But if you don't believe that he's the starting quarterback, why isn't Devonta Smith higher? He should be higher.
2: I was told last year not to, um, you know, go buy Jalen Hurts in Dynasty because he wasn't going to last the full season, or you know, and so it's just like everyone wants to just—they can't wait for him to lose his job. It's like I'm just going to keep enjoying him in Dynasty and him winning me games. Um, while he's there and while he's proving himself and I'm excited to see what he can do in his second season as a starter. Good Lord. We became impatient as viewers. Uh, Kate, who is your dynasty? My guy.
0: I'm obsessed with this gentleman and I, again,
2: you're, you're, yeah, your people are weird. I don't know. I know. (laughs) Um,
0: but like, I, I mean, every word that I say, my guy, my, bye, my, my guy, bye. As Michael Thomas, leave me alone. I can feel your hatred. You can't
2: get over his 2019 (laughs) season, huh? Leave me alone.
0: (laughs) In the most recent uh, batch of Startup ADP over on Dynasty League Football, he's being drafted as the Wide Receiver 40. Sounds about right. Which is literally the lowest ADP he has ever had in his career. That is freaking bonkers to me, guys. Since 2018, and I'll remind you, he didn't play a lot after 2018. All right? Like, played 2018, 2019. He's been injured. All right? Among all wide receivers, still, since 2018, ranks 16th in receiving yards. Third among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. He's the wide receiver 20 in that period of time, playing just 39 games. Like, he's he's been so productive. And... Like, the knock, what is the knock on him, that he's been injured? Like, that's literally it. And when we're looking at the injury, it's been the same injury. Uh, It's not like, you know, he was injured and then he got injured again, rehabbing from his injury. Like, no, he's had an ankle injury. Um, And that, like, we knew that was the whole problem. We knew that's continued to be the problem. If Michael Thomas is healthy, I don't know how you're not ranking him as a so is his ankle ever gonna be healthy? I mean, I, I should absolutely hope so. The the whole issue last year, um, you know, it sounded like he got he got to the surgery just a little bit too late. I, I think yeah, he's you going think to be. Healthy. He, he like
2: strolled in there like in June or something. I mean like, what I'm, are not, you doing? I'm
0: not going to speak to that, but Sean Payton's out. This is a new offense. You have Jameis Winston under quarterback for the next two seasons. You don't have to deal with the whole Taysom Hill debacle anymore. Because as we did not mention in the the news, he's moving over to tight end, baby. Uh, Goodbye, Taysom.
2: This era was fun. If Michael Thomas ever comes back and plays a full season, he's going to be an absolute steal at his current price. That's For sure.
0: Like, what is the risk at wide receiver 40? That is my question. Because, uh, like, you have Allen Robinson going one spot ahead. He's a half a year. He's literally six months older. Or sorry, six months younger. Ooh, that's a good guy. I would much rather
2: have Hollywood Brown than Alan Robinson. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sure.
1: Would you rather have Hollywood over Michael Thomas?
2: Yes, I would. Yeah, for sure. Really? I can't get there. ADP. So what about? I would another one. I thought of. I'd rather have Hollywood than Keenan Allen.
1: Oh no, I'm out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. How is that
0: hot takey? But this is – so, like, these guys have been drafted, on average, back-to-back in Dynasty startups, Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas. Which one of these guys would you prefer? Because, as I said, only six months apart. uh, Basically, they're the same height, almost the same weight. But you have Michael Thomas, who obviously has had the health concerns. Allen Robinson had the uh, don't-give-a-poo concerns in 2021. He's not the wide receiver one on his team. I think Michael Thomas is so clearly the winner out of these two. Like give me Michael Thomas every single day of the week. I would like I do to- love Robinson
1: going to the Rams though. I mean the, the fit there and obviously you can see the number that 2 with the, the Rams still <laughs> But but you're saying he's not the number one with the Rams, but the number two with the Rams still can be more productive than Michael Thomas with the Saints. With all that said, I'm not saying that's going to happen because...
0: Michael Thomas okay, still yes. ranks third in fantasy points per game. Since the 2018
1: season. And to your point, because I want to call, I know Michelle said, Michelle said, you know, you're obsessed with his 2019 season. But if we take away his 2019 season, I had to look this up to make sure this was right. He still averaged 1,260 yards per season before that massive season. Like that's including his rookie year. That's wild. So I can understand the idea of Michael Thomas. And I would probably take Michael over Allen Robinson. As right,
2: well. if we go into 2022 season, right, and redraft, and we know Michael Thomas is going to play, and he's healthy. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to make that the That is pull. the point, though. You
0: Shh. have to buy him now. I'm not
2: talking about that. That's, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so you have to buy him now in Dynasty. That's fine. But I was saying him versus Hollywood, right, in redraft leagues next year. You're and we, obsessed with Hollywood. We're going back to this because you, you said, I just said that I would rather Hollywood Brown. <laughs> in 2022, if we know that Michael Thomas is starting off week one, starting, right, he's going to play week one then, yeah, I would rather him, like, for sure. He, he being the wide receiver one with the Saints, with Jameis Winston, should have a great season if he actually plays. Going back to Keenan Allen versus Hollywood Brown here, though, really quick. When he was playing with Lamar from weeks 1 through 11, he was scoring more points than Keenan Allen was. Weeks 1 through 11, Hollywood scored 18 points per game. Keenan Allen scored 16.7 points per game during that time. So get out of here with your hot takey stuff when he already was scoring more. I'm Keenan Allen saying, has a I'm track
1: record. Keenan
2: Allen's now 30. Like, he's he's going to be 30 in, like, the next couple days. An
1: experienced 30. See, that's what they don't talk about is how much experience you have as a 30-year-old. Mike Williams really already took
2: over the offense. No, I would rather Hollywood. Anyway. She's trying to
1: make Hollywood a thing like Fetch from Mean Girls. Oh, and I'm just here to tell you, Michelle, it's not going to happen. Is Hollywood Fetch is not going Brown to happen.
2: Card? It already happened last year. It happened last year. It was good. It was a very good fantasy. I
0: love here. that Michael Thomas just morphed into yeah. Marquise Brown again. Michael Thomas. <laughs>
1: quit. I love Michael Thomas. I'm glad you brought him up.
2: But I'm scared
1: that if I can actually get him as a wide receiver
2: 40, it's worth it. Because, like you said, if he actually plays, he's going to put up 1,300 yards and probably 10 touchdowns.
0: He's one of those guys, like a Will Fuller, who I'm not going to compare the two, totally different players. But when he's on the field, you know you can generally expect production. And I think the upside for Michael Thomas is still a top 12 wide receiver
2: probably top five yes if he can thank be on the field. you thank you if he can actually stay on the field we shall see all i want him to do is be out there week one watch he has like i could just see him having another surgery come up in july like just randomly i i feel like he's just he's just gone away he doesn't even, i don't does he want to come back i mean we have heard nothing about this guy but hopefully he's back and he plays because we can use more dominant fantasy assets to rely on but that's our show today next week we're going to get into dynasty cells which it's always so fun to you know ruin people's hopes and dreams so that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a fun one don't miss it uh if you have any questions in the meantime hit me up i'm michelle on twitter you can find me at ballblast Ballblastem. em
0: hit me up with all your michael thomas trades uh and what you got michael thomas for at ff ballblast
1: I'm Jake, don't tell me about Michael Thomas, at Jake Drobridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.